Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, how are we doing? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, your host, your mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. See how it goes. And of course, fortunately, because of the lockdown, we are via internet this time. So I'm sure you hear a little bit of difference in our recording. Uh, but we do have everybody online here. So Paula's online. How are you, Paula? Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. And it's pretty cool. You actually were just showing some pictures of the, the little one in, in shade. She looked uh, pretty uh, rock star. Oh, yeah. So today is, is a good, pretty sunny day here. And I got her, uh, what's it called? Sunglasses? Yeah, sunglasses. Yeah. Mommy brain. <laughs> you got to love the mommy brain. I can't remember sunglasses. <laughs> what a word. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so cute because it's tiny. It's yeah. just you know, so <laughs> small for a five-month-old baby. I remember when I actually, if I look back at uh, Jacob's, my, my kid's shoes, like his uh, Kodiaks, they're so tiny. They're so small. Yep. I, I kept a couple of things from when, for, like the first things she wore and stuff, I kept it, mm-hmm. you know, just just for one day her to see. Oh, yeah. Like that she was that tiny, that she fit something like that. And she was a pretty massive baby, so she wasn't that tiny, but, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> still, yeah, no. still pretty funny. There we go. And of course, the other person we have online is Mark, our tiki expert. How are we doing, Mark? Oh, we're doing okay today. His sun is shining, as she said. It's It's very nice. Of course, lockdown and yeah, sun is shining and we're locked in our houses and we're in our houses right now. <laughs> yeah, so let's go on to the show. Yeah, what are we going to be talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about two drinks. Okay. Yeah. So why are we talking about these drinks then? Well, because May actually is International Luau Month. Oh my goodness! Yes, I didn't know that that existed. An International Luau Day Month. Oh, it's the month, the whole month. There we Interesting. go. And so these are kind of like two Hawaiian cocktails. month is good. A month long is good. The longer the party, the better it goes, right? There we go. We don't want the party to be over. We want to keep going. Oh, God. I'm not 20 anymore. I can't do that. <laughs> I cannot party a whole month in a row anymore. Are you guys like me where you have that one night of drinking and then you have to like knock off the next two days because like they're pretty well useless? Yeah, we learned that on our travels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mark is like camped out in the, in the hotel room going, oh, God, last night no. was just way too good. Yeah. Uh, throughout my 20s, I could party every night in a row with yeah. no problem, but because I never drank, right? Oh, that's true. I forgot yeah. about that. It's true. And in Brazil, in, in my city, Sao Paulo, at least, there is easily like 200 different choices of nightclubs per day of the week for you to choose from. Oh, wow. So... I, I I have gone to many, many clubs in my day. Mm-hmm. On that note. So why did you choose two drinks? Uh, so one is going to be blended and one is going to be shaken. Both have rum, but they're totally two different drinks when you look at the end of the uh, the output of them. So like I said, one's a blended drink and one's a shaken drink. And I figured that uh, with the Luau theme to this whole show, that it'd be great to have two cocktails to start with. 
Interesting. And is there like a similar origin to both of them or? Yeah. So the both the drinks came from a book called Tiki with a Twist. Unfortunately, this is not in my library. It's on my wish list and it's not available in Canada right now, but uh, I'm working on it. And it's by Lynn Calvo. It's pretty cool, actually, because I went onto her website and checked it out and actually reached out to her. And she reached back to me and said that, oh, if you can't get the book, let me know and I can definitely get you a copy. And being in New York, just like as in Ottawa, it's a frozen wasteland, just like Ottawa is. And so she felt like it needed an oasis. It needed some place for people to go to where they can get away from the city, get away from all their hardships and just relax and have an oasis. Yeah, because like New York is not, you know, the most tropical place. Exactly. She actually started off with a mobile tiki bar from an old pickup Chevy. Yeah, it seems to be pretty popular now to have like traveling, moving, mobile tiki things. Floating sometimes. Exactly. We actually have uh, just started this year. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work with COVID and stuff like this. There's actually a floating tiki bar service here in Ottawa down the river. So they have several floating tiki bars. You uh, can have up to 12 people on the, the bar, pay $60 a person. Uh, that doesn't cover your drinks, unfortunately. So it is a bit pricey, but I can't wait to try it out. I think it's going to be amazing to going down the Ottawa River. I think it's a two-hour tr- uh, trip down the river. And uh, yeah, you're on a tiki bar, music, drinks, and just having a good time. A two-hour cruise. Two-hour cruise. I don't think it's two, uh, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so also, too, like it took her, so like I said, she did the pickup truck thing, but it took her over two years and several different sites and numerous applications or permits and thousands of dollars to accomplish this bar that she made in New York. Pretty cool. When I looked at all the details in her bar, she's also talking about, um, she's also in Forbes magazine, by the way. She's been in a lot of magazines and, and done several interviews across the board. And one of the things that she said in one of her interviews that she likes is that she gets the locals at her bar, but she also gets like CEOs of companies. She'll get like construction workers. She gets the whole right range of people going to her bar. So it's, again, another thing I, I like about the bar industry is that you could have a doctor, a construction worker, a teacher, and all these guys hanging out together and having a good time. And it's nothing to do with their profession or their status. It's like they're all equal. So it becomes a really cool atmosphere to be in. Yeah. And in New York, I'm sure she has people from all over the world, right? Like from all races and all corners of life coming to her bar, right? And sharing experiences. So that sounds like a lot of work to to set up these things. What what inspired her, do you know? So like like I mentioned before, and uh, just like Donna Beachcomber and Trader Vic and all these guys, like I said, she traveled all through the Caribbeans and all through Asia and basically picked up different rums there, different kinds of foods and spices. And so she brought a lot of that back, just like Don did at the beginning, and bring it back to New York and create what she has now there at the the bar. So just like me, I'm the same way. And when I traveled, eventually I, I got a passion for Tiki because of all the exotic places I've been. I'm sure, Mark, it's the same thing for you, Mark, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just everywhere you go, you just take it all in and just want to enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Paul, the same thing? Traveling is the most fantastic thing. I feel like the, the only good reason to have lots of money is to do lots of traveling. It's also good to go see like other places and other cultures, like, parts of the world, yeah. right? Cultures. Uh, one of the things for me that I learned over my travels is to appreciate what you actually have. So, yep, example, for sure. I go to the Caribbeans and I see how some some of these people live, and then also hear about hurricanes going and wiping some of these places out. 
And it's just like, oh my God, I can't even imagine like your house being destroyed and then you have to rebuild. Every you know? single year almost. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's another thing I think from my travels at least that I appreciate more what I have at home. Yeah. So when people are here complaining, I'm like, you know what? You got no clue what it's like anywhere else in the world. Like That's true. You know, Very like true. free healthcare, just free healthcare alone is like amazing. So yeah. How about you, Mark, from your travels? Like, what did you see well, inspired you or what did you learn from your travels? Well, there's certain places where you go to places like Hawaii and you see all these really multi-million dollar homes or whatever. But if you go down to uh, the Caribbean or South Seas and you see these places that aren't built out of much, they can have a storm come by and everything's gone, literally gone. So why would you spend a lot of money on a place that could be gone literally overnight? Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, that makes more sense when you think about it. Like you don't, you're not going to spend your entire life savings to build a house that could be gone that next season. It made me realize that. Here's my question to you, Mark. When you were going to these places, were you already a tiki enthusiast? I would say I was enthralled by the South Seas like a lot of people were from Disney and other things. I do not know that word, enthralled. Enthusiastic. Okay. It's it's always one of these things, you know, it's like, oh, go to the South Seas, go to Polynesia and see, see paradise. So yeah. I think it's always on the back of your mind. But I really wanted to see the stuff too. I wanted to see the uh, the cultures from the different places. And so we used to go into town. Same thing when we went to Hawaii. We used to hang out in the tiny towns. We didn't spend time in the cities. And we talked to the locals and see what they liked, see what they wanted. Yeah, I think I'm like you, Mark, where like everywhere I go, I always talk to the locals about where they hang out and like where they eat because I don't want to go to a resort and eat like typical resort food that I could get anywhere in the world. I want to eat something or see the culture of that island. So I always ask the locals like, where's your local bar? Where's your local restaurant that you guys go to? And that's where we go. Mm -hmm. On that note. Yes. So is this book of hers available um, for shopping online? Uh, yes, yeah, so Tiki with a Twist is available on Amazon. Uh, actually, at this moment, it's back-ordered, so you won't be able to get it now, but I will put the link in the thing. If you're on an American Amazon, it is available. Yeah, so definitely give it a read. It's not one of the ones I have in my library at the moment, but I uh, definitely have done a lot of research on Lynn and her bar and her book. And one of the things that I liked about it is that it's got a lot of cool infusions in there. So I'm a big on infusions. And so she uses that same process for a lot of her cocktails as well. Uh, the book is not very big. It's only 192 pages. It's got lots of information in there. Like I said, it's got a lot of natural ingredients as well that she combines into her recipes. So um, yeah, it's definitely a good read. Check it out. I I have a question for you, Craigo. Yes. When, when are you going to put out the book, Craig's Creations? Oh, I don't because like there's actually one point there when COVID first kicked in. And this is a really good question, actually, because some people have asked me this. When COVID kicked in, like, Craig, why don't you write a book since yeah. you've got all these cool cocktails? You've got a lot of research in Tiki. You know a lot about it. You said you um, have what, two or 300 uh, recipes that you made? Over, th over 300 recipes. Yeah. And so there was a point there I actually looked at Norma and said, I think I'm going to write a book. And See, you, actually, you, could, you could have three volumes right there, each one with 100 recipes. Exactly. But uh, also to the bartending skills as well. Because like, I'm sure Mark can, com can confer on this. Every time I get a bartender book, the first like 50 pages 
are always the same. It's always like, here's the tools that you have to have in your bar. Here's the methods like shaking and stirring. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's all the liquors you should have on your bar. And so you lose like a third of the book on the same methods in every single bar book. And it just maybe don't do that. Maybe just do Craig's recipes. Exactly. So subtract that and then just talk about tiki culture, the drinks, my drinks, the history of those drinks, and like just some cool facts. You know what I mean? I think you Um, should. I think you really should. Uh, I feel like we've rambled forever in this show and uh, we still didn't get to the recipes and you added a did you know. So uh, what's in these drinks? Okay, so we're going to go through the first one, which is the Lono Tiki Cocktail. Now, I did change up some of the measurements on this because on her recipe, the alcohol content is a little higher or a little more, like a lot more, more booze for it, for sure. Okay. So I did look, tone it down a bit. And also, too, because I think that the glass that she's using is much bigger than a hurricane glass. It's got to be because the amount of fluids that are in this cocktail, it would be above and beyond a hurricane glass. So because we're using a hurricane glass, I did tone down the measurements. Sorry, Lynn, about that. But uh, I will put you the real recipe on the website for everyone to check out. And, of course, links to her stuff. So the first one is called, yeah, the Lono Tiki Cocktail. So it's going to be one of coconut rum. Now you can use uh, Bacardi coconut rum. If you want something a little sweeter, you can use the Malibu rum, like we talked about before. That is more sugar-based. Use whichever one you bought for for the last couple shows. <laughs> there we go. If whatever you have in your library, that's the one you're going to use. Exactly. Uh, one ounce of light rum, and I'm sure for Mark, that would be Havana Club. It would be. From Cuba. There we go. Uh, half ounce of Francelico, which is a hazelnut liqueur. This is a cool one, actually, if you're ever like uh, making coffee in the morning or something in the wintertime, you throw some Francelico in there and you've got some hazelnut in there. It's really a nice touch to it, uh, for sure. Three ounces of mango nectar. Now, Mark apparently doesn't have any of that right now, so that's why he no. didn't make the drink. I have passion fruit. I have guava. I have orange. I have pineapple. I have, uh, it was. It made me sad. It's on the. It's on the grocery list now. It's on the grocery list. Same here. It's on the grocery list too because I actually don't have it either. So like, oh, man, uh, two ounces of Coco Lopez or another any cream of coconut. Coco so Lopez is the one you brought me, Mark? No. Yes. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Coco Lopez is the one with, I think it's little cans with uh, a toucan on it. Ah, yes. So yeah, any cream of coconut, like the one that uh, I gave Paula, you can use that one. Yeah. Okay. Quarter of, uh, of a fresh banana. There you and lost me. She's like, me. oh, there we go. Crap. <laughs> Crap, Lynn. Come on, Uh-oh, Lynn. Oh, come on, Lynn. No more banana. It's only a little bit of banana. It's a whole. It's a quarter of a whole banana. That's, that's only nothing. a quarter of a whole banana. That's, that's <laughs> a quarter more than I've eaten of bananas in the last 30 years. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Just for that, I'm going to make this and see what she says. I want to, I'm curious. I'm curious. Okay, Craig. So I'll make you a deal. If I'm with you at your house, yes, you make this without me seeing it. Yep. And you don't remind me that it has banana because, you know, by mm-hmm. the time this lockdown's over and I'm at your house again, I will not remember this anymore. Mm-hmm. So you, and you give it to me to drink and let's see if I can taste the banana in there. <laughs> How's that deal? Deal. And then you know what's gonna happen is she doesn't remember it. She's gonna look over at Mark like, oh, it's got banana in it. No, uh, Mark Mark is our <laughs> he's the jury. He's there to keep the peace. <laughs> oh, and geez. to see and to see if I'm going to remember it and if I'm gonna be like, ooh, I like the drink. And then there you can go. you can throw it in my face like it has banana, you idiot. Mark, you're the jury. I'm the judge and the jury. Yes. There yeah. we go. Just yeah, like the before, executioner. 
<laughs> Before I forget, it was Coco Real that I gave you. Ah, ah, there we go. There you go. All right, so uh, yes, yeah, so a quarter ounce of dark rum. Uh, it can be any dark rum you want. Not aged rum, by the way. Dark rum. That is a difference in uh, rums you want. Whipped cream and then one ounce of shredded coconut on top. Wow. Sweet. Thick, thick drink. Yes, exactly. Dessert drink. Yeah. For Mark. Dessert drink for Mark. Mm. <laughs> Dessert period for Mark. <laughs> exactly. I'll have five of those, please. Yeah, I think I told you that already. We went to one place and they actually had like a whole banana in the drink. Like You did tell us. Yeah, oh my peel. God. Yeah, yeah, just That's a meal. Yeah. Blending a quarter banana will be fine. That's right. Paula's got a, the pucker face going already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it shaken, stirred? Because you gave us two choices at the beginning, I'm assuming that this is the blended drink. Ding, 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 ding. This is the blended drink. That's right. So you get a blend uh, combining the coconut, the light rum, the franchetico, the mango, the cream of coconut, the banana. Love the banana. And one and a half uh, cups of ice into your blender and blend this at high until smooth. Then you're going to do is fill a hurricane glass with crushed ice and pour this into the cocktail. Float the dark rum on top and then finish it with whipped cream and shredded coconut. So it's like a dessert. Like you said, the picture looks amazing, eh? Okay. So I I definitely, obviously, as you know, the the tiki newbie, rookie, idiot, (laughs) I have a bunch of questions right now with this because this was a lot of information. First of all, I would like to say that I feel really proud of myself because every time that there's a... Uh, uh, any size banana in the drink, it's already blended in my head because I can't possibly imagine anyone shaking a banana in a drink. That's true. Yeah. So number two question first. Yes. I know you've probably taught me this 50 other times, but (laughs) wait, wait. It's a valid question, though, and you'll see why. Okay. This is a a blended drink, so I figure Mm -hmm. it's going to be thicker, right? It's going to be more like milkshake-y. For sure. Consistency. So how do you float something in a milkshake consistency? Yeah. So because the milkshake is going to be thick, it's got that density to it. And the dark rum is not as dense as the milkshake is. When you go to float it, what you're going to do is you're going to pour that on the back of a spoon. So basically take a spoon, just hover it above the glass and then pour on a spoon. So it sort of spills over into the drink. So in other words, you're not pouring that dark rum directly into the drink. You're kind of hitting something else like a spoon or some sort of object let it spill over into the drink and then it'll float along the top. Hmm. And then you can put the whipped cream and the coconut, shredded coconut. This, I mean, the, the picture, we'll have it on the website. It looks amazing. I love, I'm I'm the, the coconut crazy. I think you'd love that part. But then the banana got thrown in there and you're like, ah. And the mango, which I'm not a huge fan either. Like, I'm sure I could tweak this to be, but I, I would have to change the name also. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With your principles, yep, yep. you'd have to change the yep. name. That's right. And she's alive, right? I could actually talk to Lynn, which I like that. Totally. I think actually, you know what? I am going to talk to her, see if we could actually do a show with her. I think that'd be really cool. That would be awesome. I think that would be really, really good. All right. I'll work on that. What do you think, Mark? Absolutely. I'm in. I'll make the cocktails. <laughs> no, I won't. He's like looking around the room like, oh, what's going yeah. on? Where's the cat? Yeah, Where's the cat? I'll, I'll drink the cocktail. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> Where? Where? Where's the squirrel? So what's the next drink? Is this it for this one? Yep, that's it for that one. So the next one we're going to do is the Brazilian Breeze Tiki Cocktail. Brazilian! Brazilian! Yay! I knew that was going to get you. I knew that was going to get you that name alone. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. That's, I see, I feel, that's also a Lynn drink? 
Yeah, this is also in her book as well. Huh. See, Mark, he has the he sent us the link of the drink on uh, Facebook. You can see the recipe. I ignored that. (laughs) (laughs) So let me get this straight. She ignores the scripts and he ignores the links. Okay. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It really looks beautiful. It looks like something I would love to drink. So let's go through this recipe. This one is completely different in the way it's being made. It's one and a half ounces of silver tequila. Uh, For that, I use 1800 or you can use Casamingos, one of my other favorites. Whatever silver tequila you want, you don't want a gold or an aged tequila for this. You're trying to basically just keep it neutral. Half ounce of coconut rum. Again, any coconut rum you have on, on stock. Two ounces of pineapple juice. Five cucumber slices. So now we're getting into produce. (laughs) the way he said it so now we're getting into produce that's right (laughs) i got mark to giggle a bit look at that oh yeah absolutely (laughs) imagine uh, craig going down the produce aisle Ooh, produce (laughs) (laughs) okay do not talk about the produce aisle anymore (laughs) carry on (laughs) <laughs> Skip the produce aisle and carry oh, on. That was good. <laughs> and a half ounce of pineapple syrup. So it's basically an infusion that pineapple syrup is. It's basically simple syrup with pineapple. So on the recipe, the original recipe though, she does what's called a fermented uh, fusion for her, her tequila. So she does the infusion. What what are some of the pros and cons of the uh, the fusion process? Okay, so the infusion part where you're basically making simple syrup and then you're adding something to it, like we've talked about before with ginger or cinnamon. In this case, it's the pineapple one. The pros of that is basically it's something that you can make within 20 minutes really fast and then it's you can store it for weeks on end. The downside to the cons to the infusion is that it's a sugar-based scenario. So basically, you're adding sugar to your cocktail. Now, the pros of the fermented version, which she does, is that... Basically, you're not adding sugar to the cocktail. You're getting more of this natural flavor from the pineapple instead of adding sugar to it. And then the cons of fermenting is that it takes a long time. So I'm going to put a link in there for how to ferment the tequila. So basically what it is, you take a bottle of tequila, you put some pineapple in there, and then you let it sit for a week. And then you filter that, and you're going to have pineapple-flavored tequila. So it is a longer process. It takes a week to do that. The downside also to fermenting is that every ingredient out there ages a different way. So in other words, I've done this process of fermenting. Uh, I tried it one time with about 20 different ingredients all at the same time. And the thing is that you have to sort of test them out every day to see where they're at in the fermentation because you could over ferment something. So I'll give you an example. I did one with basil and cucumber and it was pretty good about the about five days in for, for fermentation. I should have filtered at that point and I didn't. And so by day six and seven, the cucumber had gone bad. It went like really tart and really like, yeah, it was not pretty. So I actually ended up throwing the whole thing away. So with infusions, just pretty well, it's pretty simple, simple syrup and something combined together. Fermentation is more like you're aging something in in a, in a, a spirit, be it rum, vodka, tequila, whatever it is. So there are some pros and cons to that. And I will put a link to both versions and how to do those. That would be fun. <laughs> well, you know, you, you could definitely do that, Mark. I, 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 yeah. I've got a week to kill. Why not? Yeah, a week? Like, we have three more weeks. like a month. Yeah. Cool. Now, the last drink was blended, and you said the other drink was shaken. 
Dun, so, dun, dun, dun. This one's shaking, isn't it? Solve the mystery, Mark. Solve the mystery. <laughs> I feel like the stirred drinks are the most boring ones because we rarely talk about them. Yeah, most of the drinks I do are shaken for the most part. And most tiki drinks actually are shaken. There's not that many that are stirred actually right in the, the glass. Most stuff that's stirred is usually I call bar rail. So it's like, you know, ginger and tonic, rum and cokes, things like that. You don't shake those. You just basically build those in a glass. So those are old fashioned plastic. Old fashioned, you're gonna stir that. You're not gonna shake that for sure. I see. Yeah. So this one actually is gonna be shaken and you're also muddling at the same time. You're muddling what the the cucumber? Exactly. So let's go through the process. So what you're mm. gonna do is you're gonna add the pineapple juice and four slices of your cucumber into your shaker. You're gonna muddle the cucumber to release all the flavor. So when we talk about muddling before, we always talk about this. You don't pound, you push and twist. Push and twist. When you pound, you're basically destroying the product that you're using. For example, if you pound mint, it'll actually become very bitter and tart instead of being sweet. So you want to push and twist. Speaking of mint, I started the mint garden already for this year. Yeah, we didn't get any mint over the winter. What yeah, happened? I forgot. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to make it anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so yeah, so you can do is you can fill your shaker with the crushed ice. About half, I have half the shaker, I guess. Add the alcohol, shake for about ten seconds, and then pour unstrained into a rocks glass, and then garnish it with a pineapple, lime, and a cucumber slice. So that's your fifth cucumber slice there. I actually had it; it was pretty good. The cucumber really comes out. I didn't think the cucumber would do much because cucumber usually doesn't have much of a taste to it. But when you I guess when you pound it with the pineapple juice, really brings out the cucumber. It's it's pretty prominent. It's right there. So if you don't like cucumber, this isn't for you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so Mark will make the first drink and then I'll make the second drink. There we go. <laughs> yeah, well, I like so, the taste of cucumber, but it gives me incredible heartburn and gas. Aww. Aww. So the Brazilian uh, is not for you. No, I like the taste so of it. Seems. Oh, I'd be burping like three hours later. I'm going, oh, Brazilian. Oh, Brazilian. Brazilian. <laughs> 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 yeah. Damn that Brazilian. <laughs> And yes, I did send you guys a picture of the cocktail. And yes, I did garnish it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, the one time you're not here, I'm garnishing it. You know, we feel like the cobbler's kids always getting the worst shoes. Exactly. You know? I don't know what that means. I don't get that reference at well, all. But I a, feel- yeah, the shoemaker, he doesn't fix his own kid's shoes. Yes, right? that's For, true. Right. And so <laughs> we never get the garnish. We're just, uh, we just show up. And we should just be thankful <laughs> to get a cocktail at all, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. I feel like, you know, it's just, ah, oh, the nerve, <laughs> the nerve of this man posting his drink with the garnish on top. All oh, beautiful. And I'm thinking, this mofo. So speaking about the Brazilian, I think we're going to start a new segment this show. We talked about last show that Paula has all kinds of cool facts that we wouldn't know. And I think <laughs> that our listeners would be really interested in hearing the oh, Brazilian, yeah. the Brazilian expert. You Paula. think Brazil's that interesting to everyone? Totally. I totally okay, think it then. is. Okay. Mark? Sure. What do you think, Mark? I, I've, I, I've never been there. I don't know very many people from there. Oh, you've had more than enough with me alone, don't you? Uh don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the Brazilian. Uh, is this going to hurt? 
Probably. So the reason why we're talking about this segment is because so many times, folks, I'm sure you guys as well have heard on the listeners of that Paula has, has these weird observations about the culture between Brazil and North America in times when she moved up to Canada. So we thought that, you know what, what better way to go over these differences than a segment? So she's going to educate us on Brazil and all of its culture and things like that. And so we thought this is a perfect way to do it. So... How about you give us some observations of a couple things that you see different when you were in Brazil to when you move up to Canada? What are some of the examples? Like driving example. Let's talk about driving. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, there we go. So, Justin, my husband, he says that I have a little um, key that I turn to when I'm driving in Canada and when I'm driving in Brazil that I have to switch the key back and forth, right? Because, like, he refuses to drive in Brazil period. There's no mm-hmm. conversing. I have to do 100% of the driving while we're there because he says that's crazy shit. And he's like, <laughs> there is a saying, actually, we say Brazil's not for amateurs. And for sure it isn't. Like, you have to be pro at whatever it is you do in life to survive Brazil. <laughs> no, no, why is that? Is it because you guys are more aggressive? Or- Everything. Yes. It's so... Here, this is a, a something that I've noticed. Here you have um, so many rules, right? That everything's mm-hmm. very rigid. And um, Justin explained to me once that here, if one person suffers a bizarro accident, okay? Like something mm-hmm. that one in a million would happen, mm-hmm. it becomes a law. You know, mm-hmm. like they do something so pre- to prevent other of this accident, right? Right. In Brazil, if you suffer a bizarro accident, you're stupid and you deserve to die. Right. Basically, like it's not for dummies. You know what I mean? Like you have to be always on your sharpest mind and your A game. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, it's a fantastic country to go um, travel, to go vacation. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's beautiful. Sure. The weather is fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... <laughs> it's very different than Canada, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. Now, when you were you were giving me a drive-in for one of the recordings, we uh, mentioned now, Craig. When you think of a defensive driving course, what do you think it is? Uh, when you think of defensive, then you basically you're observing everybody else around you, and you basically are driving on the factor of everybody else around you. Where offensive, I think, is more like you're just basically concerned about yourself, and everybody else has to watch out for you. Okay, Paula, what's the defensive driving course in Brazil? Oh, my God. (laughs) How did I explain that to you? I don't remember. (laughs) You said that you learned how to ramp other cars and get people that were trying to kidnap you away from you. Okay. So, yeah, when we have the defensive driving course, because there is that, right? Like you always have, especially when you're born in higher class in Brazil, you're scared of that all the time. You have bulletproof cars. And you definitely do the defensive driving so that you can actually escape if need be. So, yeah, we definitely did. Uh, my dad put us in defensive driving. <laughs> 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 and it's, again, if it were inside, it would be funny. Exactly, yeah. So, of course, one of the things we want to talk about today on this episode is the Brazilian wax. Now, me and you, I think we've had this conversation, and it's, I think it's funny so explain the difference between, because I'm a guy and Mark's a guy and we just don't get this. What's the difference between a Brazilian wax and a, t- a bikini wax? Because to a guy, that's pretty well the same thing. We, and we don't know the difference. Okay. So what I've heard here in North America, mm-hmm. the Brazilian wax removes everything down there. 
Mm -hmm. And that's definitely not the case in Brazil. In Brazil, the bikini wax and the Brazilian wax are the same thing. Granted, our bikinis are smaller. It would need more wax to, well, it would have to remove more stuff so that it doesn't show. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I think one of the things you mentioned to me before you talked about your first experience when you went to a pool party, and maybe you can talk more about the story, is that the bikini that you guys have in Brazil is way less than we have up here in North America, right? For sure, yeah. I, I definitely, here in Canada, I felt um, naked the first time because I brought all my bikinis from Brazil, and I will continue to, to do so. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't care anymore. I feel like people will, will look at me weird anyways and whatever. But the first time I went to someone's house with uh, the Brazilian bikini here in Canada, and all the other girls had the Canadian bikinis, I felt very naked. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm not taking off my shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt really awkward. I imagine also, too, thinking like, oh, my God, they're going to have some terrible tan lines. Yeah, no, because it's like it's very, um, I don't know, for my my point of view, right? It's very grandma-y. Yes. Like it's like the full butt is covered. Yes. And I feel like the tan line would look ridiculous as opposed to – a nice, clean, you know, small tan line that yeah. makes the butt look bigger. But I think also, too, for the guys, because we also the same thing in North America, our swim shorts, lots of times, would go down to our knees. Yes. But I noticed that in Europe, you guys have your shorts. It's almost like Speedos or yeah, in, really yeah, In Europe, it's actually smaller than in Brazil for the guys. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because the first time Justin went to Brazil with me, I told him, like, I need, we need to get you Speedos. He's like, no way I'm wearing Speedos. <laughs> and then he gets to Brazil and he's feeling overdressed with the shorts, right? And everyone's right. looking at him being like, Justin, you're going in the pool dressed? Like, take in off shorts. the shorts. Because your Speedos are supposed to be underneath your shorts, right? Right. And he's like, okay, let's go get Speedos. <laughs> <laughs> so now he actually owns a, a couple pairs of Speedos and he wears them in Brazil fine and dandy. He He lost the... At first, he, he was pretty, like, you know, but... Well, he probably felt naked. I'm sure he probably felt like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm wearing nothing. Yeah, but now he doesn't... Like, he's very used to it now. He doesn't That's care. Just... That's hilarious. Yeah. He he says it's actually pretty good for, for swimming, that it's nicer. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I imagine when you get out of the pool, like in the shorts, you always, like, cling to your legs. So, yeah, yeah. it's a little different, for it's sure. It's really... It's very freeing. Maybe next time you're down south, you, you should buy a pair just to oh, have it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> why not i don't know i just i don't have the body for it I'm, i know that for sure so uh trust yeah. me no one in brazil either could like most people don't have the body for it either and they still wear it my dad yeah. doesn't have the body for it and he still wears it yeah i know what you mean yeah anyhow yeah, for sure. oh mark changed backgrounds i know <laughs> i'm trying to find a uh, a better wi-fi spot ah i think ah. you got it because now your mouth moves at the same time as we hear your voice that was yeah. happening before. So you have like bad areas in your house? Is that what you're trying oh, to tell yeah. us? Yeah, wherever I live is a bad area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do live with the rats, right? So uh... That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're probably eating up all those those blue cables. That's right, the wires. <laughs> yeah, they don't eat the red cables, only the blue cables. I don't know. Yeah. We have very particular rats in Westboro. Yes, and, and they all go to the Matrix after with the blue pill. Yeah, that's right. The blue the blue cable or the red cable. On that note, yes, there you go. So there's some cool facts about Brazil. We're going to keep on going on this segment here and there throughout the times, but uh, I think that's pretty cool that Paula's 
opening up this world to us that we don't know about and giving us some uh, cool details and facts about it. Did you know? I, I did. Know. I don't think I knew. Uh, I think Paula knew. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, so the topic today is luau's because we talked about May being the International Luau Month. So I figured the best thing to do is to get some information about the luau. So uh, maybe Mark just, will know more than me. He'll know more than me because I haven't been to one. So there we go. Uh, so the tradition dates back to hundreds of years ago. Ancient Hawaiian luau's were referred to as aha aina. Aha translates into gathering and aina actually translates into meeting or meal. So traditionally back then, the women would actually not be eating with the men. So the men would eat one location and the women would eat another location. Also, the lower class society would also were forbidden to eat certain foods as well. Were considered to be the banana, the pork, certain kinds of reef fish, uh, such as moi. What is moi? Anyone know what that is? Mark, do you know what that is? Moi? How do you spell it? M-O-I. No idea. Moi. No idea. Yeah. It's going to be Hawaiian fish. Yeah. Okay. Google search. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until 1819 when King Kamehameha, yeah, as the second, invited women to eat with the group. And that practice evolved into what we know as the luau today. So there we go. See, the luau was named for a traditional local dish made with taro leaves, uh, chicken baked in coconut milk. Cool. Yes. Uh, so the same year, ironically enough, luau dancing was banned by the queen and it was seen as a taboo for an activity. So in other words, they did not do any dancing back then. No. I know. No dancing. What a party, eh? All food, no dancing. That's yeah. just, yeah. Uh, traditionally, the feast was eaten off a large woven mat made with tea leaves and with a dinner sitting around the floor. So they would also use their hands. So there was no utilities. You'd use your hands. So basically how Mark eats. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what? No fork, no knife, no napkin. What's going on? Uh, so in the 1960s, obviously the love of the Hawaiian culture and the rapid growth of tourism on the island led to the increase in popularity of luau's and transformed it into a friend and family only event, popular tourist attractions. So then we saw fire shows, we see the music, uh, obviously it became more of a tourist attraction and more commercial, like it became more about the entertainment. Like we see, like I said, I've seen fire shows, uh, we've seen music, all that stuff. And the ones that you went to, Mark, what would you see? Like, is it just about the food or is it more about the entertainment as well? Oh, it's everything. It's about the food and the dancing and the, and the singing and the, uh, it's everything. It's the whole cultural thing that they put together. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I've been to exactly a, been to a few now of different different places. So, and they're all like in Fiji, they do the they're big on the uh, walking on the lava rocks. So that's incorporated. Oh, into the, wow. there yeah. you go. Yeah, they got the guy walking across the rocks, and they've been baking the dead pig there and the vegetables all day long, and then they take the rocks out and put them down, and he walks on them. Oh, I don't know how they do that. I have no clue. That's insane. Cool. So there's some cool facts about the luau. If you ever have a chance to do a luau, please do. Um, I can't wait to do my first one. That's on my bucket list for sure. Um, but you can also do your own in, in your backyard. You know, I mean, have a fire pit, have some music, have some good food, some music and some drinks. I think for the most part, that would be like a luau with all your friends and family. So let's tell everybody who we are. We are, are we? Tiki Tiki. Sorry. <laughs> tiki Tiki. <laughs> tiki 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 Room. Tiki, tiki. 
Oh, God. All right. So, let's tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentricata.ca. Or .com. There you go. All one word. And of course, on that website, you will see all the information to this website. I will put some links in there for muddling. I'll put some links in there for floating. We'll also put a link in there for Lynn's book and also her website for her bar. If you're in the New York district, definitely go check her out. She's awesome. Uh, She's got quite a bit of history and she really has a passion for this industry. So um, definitely make your way over there. And uh, we also do have our recipe and episode page, which has all the recipes and episodes. Very easy to navigate through. We do have our subscribe page. So please do subscribe. Please. Please. So we can go down to Lynn's bar and have a good time. There we go. Yeah. Road trip. (laughs) Mark wants to go. Of course he does. Well, be another Mark Adventures. There we go. I'll drive. Oh, oh God, no. He'll drive. (laughs) Well, to there. (laughs) We'll just have to uh, rate him like Uber, okay? Paulo will just say, you know. I don't know. We'll both, I think me and Paul will both be backseat drivers. We'll both be telling you what to do. I can I, see that. I would be driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. <she's- laughs> I'm used to driving to New York. I've done it several times. New York and Philly, I drive there all the time. I just stop for gas. Good. Perfect. Okay. I don't even stop to pee. Okay. Oh. <laughs> she's in charge. She's driving. Do you ever remember that when you were a kid? You, I don't know if you guys remember traveling with your parents. And they would tell you before you left the house, like, okay, we're going to be in the car for several hours. Please go to the washroom. Yep. And you're like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then you get like two hours in the ride and you're like, mom, I need to pull over. I need to go to the washroom. And she'd give you that look like. Of course. I'm going to kill you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you idiot. I told you. Or you, you just left some place to eat that had a washroom and you didn't go then. And it's like halfway down the road. You're like, hey, I got to go pee. See, but that's where my mom would be like, now you pee in the side of the road. <laughs> Mark, you ever heard that? Yeah, so you have to open both doors, so you have that little channel in the middle where the cars can't see you. That's right. On the side of the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also remember, too, like, if we were acting up in the back seat, my dad would actually, like, threaten to pull the car over. He was like, if I have to pull this car over, it's not going to get pretty. <laughs> so we'd all, like, shut up, like, oh, okay. Anyways, okay, so. <laughs> family travels, yay. I know, family travels, eh? Uh, there'll also be a cool link page on there, so we'll actually we'll put her uh, her book on there as well for the cool links. And uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. I'd say go, we'll go off and make some drinks, but we're via internet. So I think that we all go off and make our drinks in separate locations. Yes. And uh, Mark's like, I don't have any mango. I don't, I don't have do. all the ingredients either. <laughs> I just have to wait until you are willing to make me the drink next time that I can see you. There you go. Oh, I hear a baby in there. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we'll go folks and uh, stay tuned to the next show. See ya. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? Hey, folks, and hey, how are we doing? It's Craig here from TT Central Canada. I'll be your host, your mixologist, your bartender, and hopefully information for that. Oh, you were doing so well. I was doing so well. No. Oh, you man. can do it. Do it again. Do it again.